0: good afternoon. Welcome to our podcast show, We're Talking Golf. Our show is produced by The World of Golf, and I'm your host, Douglas Maida. Today's show is another in our series looking at women's professional golf from around the world. In this series, we select a country that is often considered a non-traditional golf market. We speak to professional players and aspiring professionals about how the sport of golf is changing in their home countries and their path to becoming a professional player. Now, in case you're wondering, we use the term non-traditional golf markets to mean the nations that are outside of the predominant English-speaking countries of the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, Ireland, Australia, and New Zealand. These are the countries that have a longer history with the sport. Now, we recognize that the descriptor is growing a bit outdated as golf continues growing throughout the world, both as a competitive sport and recreational activity. Our focus in this episode is on the Philippines, and our guests are Yuka Sasso, winner of the 2021 U.S. Women's Open, and Bianca Pagdananan, a professional player on the LPGA. Now, before we get to them, we'll take a short break for a message from our producers.
1: Built on a sleek titanium frame, with a light yet strong carbon body, and a precision weighting system the new TR20 from Hanma. Speed reframed. Today's show is being recorded from our studio in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We are produced by The World of Golf. You can find us on the World Wide web at www.worldofgolf.org or on our social media channels of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and now on LinkedIn. For those of you in Asia and elsewhere, You can also follow us on Weibo and WeChat. We are proud to announce that We're Talking Golf has been recognized as one of the top 40 PGA and LPGA golf podcasts to follow in 2021. Now, back to our show. Here is your host, Douglas Mader.
0: We're back. Thank you for staying with us. Now, without further delay, let's get to our guests. Bianca Pagdananan is a player on the LPGA Tour. She joined the LPGA in 2020, and this is still her rookie season. Her best finishes on tour include a solo third place at the 2020 LPGA Drive-On event held at Lake Reynolds, Georgia. She also had a T9 at the 2020 KPMG Women's PGA Championship. This season, some of her best finishes include a tie for 27th at the ShopRite Classic that was held two weeks ago, and a tie for 12th at the Dow Great Lakes team event. Bianca is currently 175th in the Rolex World Rankings and 124th in the LPGA's Race to the CME Globe. Bianca has also turned heads on tour with her length off the tee as she has finished either number one or number two in driving distance. Prior to joining the LPGA, Bianca attended Gonzaga University in Spokane, Washington, before transferring to the University of Arizona where she and the team won the 2018 national championship. We'd like to give a big welcome back to Bianca. Hi.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Now, Yuka Sasso is also a rookie professional player on the LPGA joining the tour this season. Prior to joining the LPGA, Yuka played on the Japanese LPGA tour, where she won twice in back-to-back events. In addition, Yuka is the new champion of the United States Women's Open, that was hosted earlier this year at the Olympic club in San Francisco. She also had a T4 finish at the Walmart event in Arkansas, and she's just coming off another T4 event this past week at the Cognizant Founders' Cup. Yuka is currently fifth in the Rolex World Rankings, and she's now 14th in the CME Globe standings. So a big welcome to the show, Yuka.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, it's our pleasure. Our pleasure. I'd like to start a little bit about um, the shop right and the uh, founders cup uh, you you just came off uh, a t4 at the founders event um, any thoughts any reflections on that event I mean it was the first time it was played at that course and uh, it's a kind of a special event with all of the well as many of the founders in, in attendance as possible but uh, what are your impressions and takeaways from that event
3: um yeah obviously you know meeting um, you know a few people from the 13th, you know, founders, Um, it was really great. And, you know, um you have to think about how, you know, how hard they worked just to, you know, make the LPGA and, you know, where LPGA came from. Um, and, you know, I felt really thankful for what they've done. And, you know, um because of them, I had, you know, a dream of becoming a golfer and you know, me being able to play and, you know, turn out is just amazing.
0: And how about your reflection on the play and your T4 finish? I mean, what did you think of the course? Uh, what did you think of the competition at this event?
3: Yeah, obviously the golf course is a beauty. Um, you know, it, I think everyone said that the golf course is, you know, good for major championships too. It It is kind of similar to... Olympic um, golf club that we played in for the U.S. Women's Open. Um, yeah, it was very long, um, long rough, big greens. Um, yeah, it was very nice and very challenging.
0: Great. Uh, and Bianca, let's ask about your finish at the uh, ShopRite Classic a couple of weeks ago. That was the last time you competed on tour. Did you have any thoughts and recollections that you'd like to share?
2: I mean, the course was a different setting. I feel like it was more of a Lynx type, something we don't really play that often out here, especially in the U.S. But I did think it was a lot of fun. It was kind of a different golf course when the wind would pick up. But I mean, I wasn't able to play that event last year, so this year was my first um, time playing it. But I did have a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed it just because, like, there were also so many Filipinos that came out and you know supported us, and kind of it felt nice. You know, they were kind of telling us that. There was Filipino food close by, and I was kind of shocked. So, kind of took advantage of that. But yeah, overall, it was a really great experience. I enjoyed Shoprite. I was kind of bummed I didn't get into Foundries because I played the Monday, and I really, really enjoyed the course. And like what Yuka said, I think it's it has a potential to become a major um, championship golf course.
0: You mentioned about all the Filipinos and Filipino food at uh, Shoprite. I was gonna, as an aside. I read somewhere that Jollibee's is uh, doing an expansion in North America. Was there a Jollibee's in that location or are they not quite there yet?
2: i um, not quite there yet. <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> I know there isn't somewhere up in, close to Jersey city. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not sure, but I know there is one in New Jersey.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bianca, let's continue on. Um, We're more or less a couple events left in the season. So how would you at this point in time rate or assess your season so far? I mean, what has been the highlight of your LPGA season and, uh, um, you know, you've obviously had some goals for this year. How would you look at that and rate your season so far?
2: I mean, overall, my season was just, it had a lot of up and downs. I feel like I've had good rounds. I mean, probably not good enough to get myself into the position that I wanted, but I guess it's just part of the whole process I mean you know I try to look back at this whole year and compare it to what I probably did different last year when I played much better and I think there was just like a lot of internal pressure trying to keep up with the same standard of play that I did last year which I don't think helped you know I obviously when I look back I think and tell myself that you know I wish I could have made the most out of the tournaments that I got into but I, like I said, you know, I feel like it is what it is, and I just got to learn from what I did. Try not to put too much pressure on myself and force things to happen. But I mean, with highlights, I played some good rounds. I'd say Shoprite was. I was kind of. I was honestly surprised with how I played last week, just because Links style of golf isn't really the easiest. I would say. I mean, I was. It wasn't a completely link style course, but, or maybe it was don't take my word on that but um yeah overall I was kind of surprised that that was like one of the events or the event that I played well in considering the fact that I would say that it's not like one of my strengths but yeah looking forward um I'm gonna try to Mon- Monday qualify for the pelican in November and yeah I guess just focus on Q series at least I know more things now heading into Q series than I did two years ago so yeah, I'm just going to keep practicing and try to get myself in a good position for good status next year.
0: You mentioned about um, having the experience now and the benefit of having played a little bit now on tour. Um, going by the calendar, this is your second season on tour, but you know because of COVID, the LPGA has decided to compress 2020 and 2021 into one season for rookies. Um, if you are going to be playing in the Q series... What do you think you have learned that you will apply differently going into it this year?
2: Just a side note. So going into Q series, the first time I went, I honestly like heading into Q school, I had no idea what was going on. Obviously I knew that I had to play good golf, but heading into Q series. So they tell you that they give you your tour card. Once you get into the top 45 and ties and that's like all I knew, but I didn't know that like, I should have asked more questions, I guess that was on me, but I didn't know that where you finish like that set or that kind of tells you where you're at in the priority list. So I guess like heading into that, I have a goal as to where I should be when I finish Q series. But now that I've, you know, played a season on the LPGA tour, I feel like that's definitely helped my game, especially in terms of like how competitive it could get, just seeing like how others play on tour and i mean obviously i'm going to be seeing like a, a f- couple familiar faces out in q series so obviously just trying to focus on my game and uh, trying to make the most out of the uh, eight rounds of golf
0: <laughs> yeah it's going to be a, a fairly packed two weeks uh, for q series it's uh, fairly intensive um and unlike playing a tour event you don't really have any time off you got just a, the one day in between so um, any strategies as to how you're going to cope with that in terms of fatigue and, and getting tired and staying mentally sharp?
2: You see, it's kind of funny because the first year I played it, I remember that I only had like two days in between second and third stage. So that was like four weeks of straight golf from what I remember. Like I had a day to fly to North Carolina from Florida. And I was kind of in shock with how things were set up because we played four days or like there were three days of practice, four days of tournament, and then another three days to practice the other course and then another four days. So it was definitely a lot of golf, but I do feel like the last couple of weeks that we've played it, you know, tournaments are pretty close. Like a lot of, a lot of them are back to back, like flying into, I think, I don't see, I don't even remember, but the tournament before Shoprite, I think, or I don't know, but you know, I, I still think that I've experienced something similar with, you know how close the 4 or the 8 days are going to be at least you know it, it wouldn't be a complete shock to me with how many days of like extreme uh, mentally physically exhausting rounds of golf I'll be having just cuz I feel like I've had that sometime this year but of course like I definitely have some goals I'm still going to try to work on trying to be on a uh, tip top shape by the time Q series comes so yeah we're just going to see how I'll be working on it for the next couple of weeks, but definitely a lot of golfing and practicing and working on other parts of my game.
0: Well, speaking of that, what parts of your game are you going to be focusing on? I mean, I've done a little bit of homework and I mean, your driving distance, obviously that's something that you're, you've made a really good uh, uh, name for yourself because everybody looks to see you being up near the top of the uh, stats in terms of your driving distance. I was going to say your putting average this year, you, you're so far is 0.89 strokes higher than, uh, 2020. And that kind of jumped out as a bit of, uh, an area for you that, um, maybe was a bit of a challenge compared to last year. Is that an area that you've been paying particular attention to, or are you approaching the next couple of weeks in your practice, um, focusing on that? Or is there something else that, uh, you're thinking about?
2: I mean, obviously, putting is such an important part of um, my game. I did start, you know, uh, seeing someone for putting. And obviously, like earlier this year, it was a bit of a struggle. But I feel like the last couple events, um, I personally felt like my putting helped me out so much. Just like looking at my stats, I wouldn't say like the whole year, but the last couple of weeks. But I personally thought that there was like a huge improvement and I really felt good about my putting. For some reason that was like the part of my game for the last couple of tournaments that I played that I felt good about. And it was nice cuz it it's it was something that I have not really felt in a while. So just, you know, knowing that I have confidence in that part of my game like kind of helps me with like my, you know, self-esteem and just how I view my own game. But definitely like some things I really want to work on are like trying to save pars, like scrambling and uh I mean, I get a lot of input from my dad and my coach. They just tell me what I need to work on, and that's what I try to do. I mean, obviously, you know, distance is, like, an advantage or, like, a strong part of my game, but if, you know, I, like, miss greens or whatsoever, I need to, like, work hard and just try my best to convert those into, like, par saves. So I guess that's, you know, around the green short game or some of the things I'd be working on.
0: Right. And you look at somebody like NB Park. I mean you've played with her, you've seen her out there. I don't know if you've actually been paired with her. I have. But you know, she's yeah, she's not overly long mm-hmm. off the tee, but she finds her greens and she puts. Yeah. And uh, and it's just amazing and you know, with her game, she's always you know, she's fairly in, you know, relatively or consistently in competition and competing. So it's uh yeah, it's uh more than one way to play this game i guess and you made the point about the distance
2: yeah she also is the the best putter (laughs) i played with her once last year at kpmg and i was like just kind of in shock my jaw just like would drop like she hits the grain and she makes a putt and i'm like that was easy (laughs) but yeah it was it was a pretty cool experience being paired with india and just seeing how like you said you know there there are other ways to play the game
0: Right. And if you look at it, I mean, the stats this year with the KBMG insights statistics coming out now, um, even though it hasn't been a full season, there's been enough rounds played now where you can get a bit of an idea of consistency with regards to the statistics. And you look at Imbi and her numbers on putting, um, it's better than anything on the men's tour by far, (laughs) you know? So I think that's a bit of a, um, um, how would you say a feather in the cap of women's golf? Because you know,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: for whatever reason, um, I think it's important that uh, at least the women are starting to get some attention for the skills that come into it. Because you know, too often it's too easy to just dismiss it. But now that you've got some statistics starting to back it up, I think a lot of people were genuinely, genuinely surprised that Imbi was uh, her stats showed her as the best putter. Period, male or female. <laughs> yeah,
2: I did read something about that, and it was really surprise it's like she makes more 10 to 15 footers than the guys on tour who make 5 to 10 feet or something like that i don't know if i said that correctly I, but it was something like that and it was really really interesting see, that's why you know it's fun to watch women's golf
0: yeah yeah
2: <laughs> you see players like her and you're just like dang yeah just plugging it out there support the lpga <laughs>
0: Well, you know, some of the best tour of action to watch this year has been on the LPGA, really, to be honest. I mean, uh, and we're going to talk with Yuka a little bit about that, but that Sunday final event in uh, Olympic Club. And, and uh, I saw you on TV too there, Bianca following along with the with the crowd outside the ropes. So you were there and we saw you with your flag and whatnot, or with a flag too, cheering our aunt. So
2: I was nervous watching her. <laughs> I was like shaking. I was like, I know she can make it, but like, oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, there's been some really good, exciting golf played on the uh, LPGA tour this year. And there is every year, but this year I thought was uh, particularly even more so a lot of drama. And I think that's good for golf period. I want to ask you this question before I switch over to uh, Yuka, Bianca. Um, We talked a little bit about your, uh, your driving distance. Would you trade a little bit of your distance for better putting?
2: That's a hard thing because, like, my distance is a huge advantage off the tee. Kind of sucks because, like, sometimes like I, I I pay attention to stats. I know my caddy does it. And like, I walk up to my ball and I'm like on the first cut and I miss the fairway by an inch and I'm like, that's not a fairway hit and it sucks. <laughs> I look at him, I'm like, dang, another missed fairway. And it's not like it completely hooked the ball or like sliced it or hit it in the rough, but um. I don't know. It's kind of a hard question. Obviously, like I'd want to be better in putting, but at the same time, I mean, you know, try for show, put for dough, no. but it's hard to give up something that has such a huge impact on my game. Like, okay. Maybe just a little, probably like three yards.
0: <laughs> just three yards. <laughs> to be specific. Three <laughs> yards. Okay. So instead of finishing first or second in, in distance, mm-hmm. you'd be willing to finish fifth if you could increase improve, improve the putting <laughs>
2: maybe a little i guess or you know or i could just have better putting and the distance if i just work harder
0: (laughs) right right um statistically how was your game this year with regards to proximity to the hole
2: proximity to the hole i see that's the thing like i kind of noticed start of the year i did have like a different set of clubs i'm just not going to disclose whatever whatsoever whatsoever but um that's when I kind of noticed that like there was a different effect on my ball just in terms of um, the spin rate. And okay. I don't really get too technical when I play. That's not my thing. I'm all feel, but I did notice that. And with me being like an aggressive player, I feel like that kind of affected my games. I was, I feel like I was missing more greens because it wasn't the same as my last clubs. I did go back to my old irons, which I think was a really good move for me because you know what they say, if it ain't broke, don't, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, something like that. But Um, I guess proximity to the hole. I, that's definitely something I could work on, especially my wedges, especially if I hit a really good drive and I have like a a couple of yards in I'm like, I should be hitting this close, which I do for the most part, but again, something I could work on.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's golf. You can always find something to work on. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. So let's switch to you, Yuka. Um, Is it safe to say, Yuka, that winning the U.S. Women's Open has been the highlight of your LPGA season?
3: Um, Yeah, I guess so. But, um, you know, I think, you know, being a member um, in LPGA is one of them too. Um, I think that's a highlight too. And also, um, you know, a very special me meeting Rory. And to you know talk to him, I think that's one of the highlights too. So a lot of um, highlights for me this year.
0: Yeah, no kidding. How much of a surprise was that that he messaged you back? I mean, I remember at the event you were talking about how surprised yeah. you were that he he messaged you back and whatnot. But uh, I mean, do you still feel like you can't believe it happened?
3: Um, actually, um, you know, before the US Women's Open started, um, we were already planning to go down to San Diego and watch the U.S. Open um, before we fly to KPMG. And, you know, I thought maybe, you know, I can meet Rory there. And, you know, after two days of my tournament or three days, Rory, you know, mentioned me on Instagram, which is, you know, very special. It was very special. And, you know, I felt very lucky. And and I was like, hopefully I can meet him. And, you know, in... Tori Pines and you know I won and, and you know I was able to walk with him inside inside the ropes which you know um very kind of him and you know he gave me a few advices too
0: and uh, some of the advice as you pointed out was uh just going to remain between you and Rory yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, how was it walking uh at the men's event did you notice anything really different Between the events? Well, obviously, you're not playing, so you're not in that competitive frame of mind, but how Um, did you like that? Was it... You know... must have been fun.
3: The guys are big. Like, they're huge. They're tall. Um, I went to Driving Range and, you know, um, see the guys' hits. I've watched Phil Mickelson, um, John Rahm, Henrik Stenson. They're just, you know, smashing it. (laughs) It's so different from, you know, Women's Tour, but it's amazing to see that um their golf is a little bit different from ours um so yeah, I've learned a lot too
0: when you were walking the course with Rory did you mm-hmm. being the the competitive player that you are, did you start thinking about where you would hit your shots and and how to approach greens too as you were walking, or were you just right in
3: i actually yeah I actually talked to Rory's Caddy Harry, and um I asked um you know Rory's um stock yardages and you know he hits it pretty long so um you know me if I had like 150 or you know 140 to the flag I'll be having nine or eight iron and then Rory would have wedge so um you know it's like I said it's really a different golf um to us but you know um to think you know to have um if you can hit it long, like Bianca does, and you know it makes golf much easier. Um, I mean, it doesn't mean that you hit it long, um, you're gonna make a score, but you know, hit it long drive and having you know a short club in your hand going to the green, you know, um, you know, higher chance of getting it to the, uh, getting it close to the hole. So um, yeah, like those kind of those kind of stuff, um, you know, makes me realize that. You know, having a distance is pretty
0: important too. Right, right. Well, that kind of brings us to the U.S. Women's Open. The Sunday, on the last day, it looked like you were a little bit, um, had a little bit of nerves off the first few holes there, just being in the group with Lexi and whatnot, and kind of getting off to a good start, and wanting to play well and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like you were in between there. I mean, this is my take on it, was that you seemed to, your drives were a little bit not quite on the fairway. You were a little bit uh, putting yourself in some difficult positions for making your second shots and whatnot. But I'll tell you, um, yeah. watching you around the greens, and I think this speaks to Bianca's point about being uh, focusing on on the play around the greens, is, you know, I was watching and it was like your ability to get up and down was just crazy that day. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't I mean... I was making mental notes and I'm like, how many times is you going to be able to do this? This is, <laughs> it was just a phenomenal performance around the greens.
3: Um. Yeah. Um, you know, first, I mean, first hole was, I was pretty calm, but, you know, going to second hole, third hole, which, you know, makes the fairway a um, little narrower. You know, I think that, you know, um, I was I felt a little bit of, you know, nervous, but yeah, I think that cost me, you know, um, to hit it to the rough. Um, but yeah, I, I think after a few holes, um, like my caddy Lionel talked to me and said, you know, there's, you know, lots of holes left and, you know, trying to get back, uh, you know, onto the game and focus on you know, what I have to do now. Um, shot by shot and and I think that you know relaxed me a bit and made me focus on you know um what I had to do focus on my routine and so I think you know I think that helped with my approach shot
0: right came to the back nine you were a couple of strokes behind Lexi Lexi was still leading at that point but there were some other players putting up some good numbers and making a charge obviously uh NASA had come out of Mm -hmm. I won't say nowhere because she wasn't too far back, but she put together a really good round. Um, What were your thoughts when uh, you were on 11 and you bogeyed 11, but then Lexi made a double? Was there something going through your mind? Like, you know what, that, you know, even though you made a bogey, you still got a, she made, you made up a stroke on her or what was going through your mind that way? Anything in particular or just focus completely on your own game?
3: Yeah. um, Like right after I, kind of two double bogeys on second and third hole. Um, um it w- it was more about, you know, trying to finish good, you know, trying to play good golf and not to, you know, um keep, you know, playing not so good till the end. Um I think, yeah, like Mikhattie said, you know, trying to get back on what I have to do, take it shot by shot. And Um, I kind of knew that, you know, I was very far from Lexi after, you know, first nine and there's some players playing good. So um, I wasn't really paying attention to, you know, to the leaderboard or to Lexi or to other person. It was really more just about me, myself. Um, You know, know, I was just, you know, happy that I was there to be able to experience those stuff, you know, playing in the last group. So. Um. yeah, I wasn't really, you know, thinking about what I had to do to win or um, it, it was just, you know, me playing golf.
0: Right, right. I want to ask you another sort of similar question. Lexi, um, on the back nine, you're on the 14th and Lexi dropped another shot on the 14th and you had made some pars and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You find yourself coming into the 17th and 18th. You had a, you know, you could have had a, You didn't get a chance to birdie the 16th. So you had two holes left and you were needing some birdies while hoping Lexi would drop some shots. And at this point, NASA's not in the clubhouse yet with her, with her score yet. So that was still a bit of a variable. Um, At that point in your mind, did you and your caddy have a little chat about just saying, Hey, two holes left. Let's just go out and do the best you can to make some birdies. Or were you still kind of playing, Hey, this is Olympic club. I can't afford to, you know, get off go too wild here because, you know, that's really penal rough or what kind of, what was going through your mind that way, uh, Yuka?
3: Um, after 14 or 13, um, I kind of, I was kind of thinking of the last two par fives, the 16, 17 and thinking, you know, I need a birdies on, you know, that two par fives for me to, you know, play good and finish good, And I was able to do that. And on the last hole, um, we weren't really thinking about, um, yeah, like we were just thinking about how to, you know, make a good score. And that was really it. We weren't really thinking about anything
0: else. So when you came to uh, 18, I think by that time, Lexi had unfortunately for her dropped a few more shots and was now playing a little bit of catch up. Uh, NASA was in the clubhouse. She had the low score, low score for the tournament. Um, What were you thinking when you were playing 18th, say in the fairway? Did you know at that point or were you just focusing on finishing your hole and trying to put a, a good score on for that hole?
3: Yeah. um, Yeah. I was just trying to, you know, get a good score and, and see it from there.
0: Okay. And then you put out on 18. When did you find out that you had a chance to win the U S open? Was it, did you know when? Um,
3: on the last hole, yes, the green, the the leaderboard's big. I can't, you know, no one can miss it.
0: And plus, there was a, a huge crowd of uh, Filipinos around the green all,
3: yeah,
0: <laughs> all cheering you yeah. on. So, yeah, so you
3: can't. <laughs> so I kind of knew. <laughs> um,
0: what was going through your thought process with that putt? Because if you had sunk that uh, one putt, you would have won outright. And you only need, you had two putts to force a playoff, one putt to win.
3: So it was kind of um, 50-50. Um, I said this in my interview too, that um, my stomach hurted a little bit. I mean, yeah, I, my stomach hurted like um, pretty bad. And I really, really need to go to the toilet. And then, um, so um, yeah, I was thinking about, you know, I have to make, I want to make this putt. But at the same time, I want I just want to finish and go to the restroom. So, um, yeah, it was kind of
0: 50-50. Uh, okay, so you two-putted. You're in a playoff with NASA. Um, obviously, you probably went to the washroom in between, uh, going back to the 18th again. Uh, what was your strategy or thought? Did you and your caddy have a strategy going back to the 18th for the playoff
3: um, holes? First, I thought we're only going to play, um, like, hole by hole I didn't know that we had to do two holes and then sudden death like uh how to say it um yeah so we have you have to play two holes and then the total score of two holes will determine the champion or if not then we're gonna go extra holes I didn't know that so um and when the rules official announced or like told us that we had to play two holes um not much fun, actually. We just, you know, stick to the plan and what we did on the last few holes. Um, you know, trying to make a good score and see from there.
0: And then it came to 18, and you had the chance to win, and NASA's shot came up a little bit short. Were you feeling any of the jitters then, or were you feeling a little bit of excitement, or were you just trying to stay focused and say, look, yeah. Um, I just gotta make my pot and play my game and I can't get overly excited here.
3: Um so we started our first playoff on ninth and then come back to the eighteenth. And um so I went to the toilet before we started the playoff, but we we used the how do you call it? Like the not the real toilet, it's just the, like the extra ones.
2: <laughs> the porta potty.
3: <laughs> so I use that and um like it didn't really feel good, um, it, yeah. So after the like, I when uh, no, no. the first two hole playoff, um, I wasn't really very comfortable with my stomach. i like it it was it was not hundred percent healthy, <laughs> and then so um yeah it was it was fifty fifty on my you know first two holes playoff too. It's like play good, but at the same time you know I want to go to the toilet um and then after the two holes um we went to the ninth hole again and then my caddy suggested why don't you you know eat banana and see if it's gonna help and I ate half and once we get to the fairway my stomach felt good like really good it was like it was gone and I was like oh this feels good and I hit a you know good shot coming into the green and know um hold the butt.
0: So you were able to just keep things yeah. uh level headed and didn't get too far into yeah. yourself. Yeah. So when the pot went in, what went through your mind?
3: Um what went to my I was like, oh, it's finally done. <laughs> I finally did it. <laughs> um yeah, just that.
0: <laughs> finally did what? You finished the order that you won?
3: Finished the tournament. Like awesome. Uh, and I won the tournament. So I first won the tournament, and then when I raised my hand, he was like,
0: Oh, I won. <laughs> Let me ask you this now. After the US Open, you must have had I know you had a lot of requests for interviews and all sorts of things like that. I mean, how busy was it for you after the US Open and, and how hectic was it? For a couple of weeks? Were you super busy for two weeks, a week?
3: Um, I was busy maybe for two few days or three and that was really it um USGA and LPGA did a great job because I didn't have an agent um but they handled the media um so well for me um they really took care of me so I wasn't really that busy um yeah it was I enjoyed it you know and it was it was not that bad it was pretty good
0: oh good good um and you know, you uh, obviously made big waves both in Japan and in uh, the Philippines with the win. So, were you getting a lot of text messages or a lot of people from home? Yeah, after, back in Japan and uh, the Philippines, calling you or messaging. Yeah, you?
3: after winning the Open, yes, um, Women's Open. Um, you know, my followers on Instagram went like uh, I don't know, like went like crazy, and, and a lot of people messaging me. I wasn't really able to, you know, um, reply to every one of them, but. Um, yeah, I was very thankful for, you know, all the tensions and, you know, uh, messages that they sent me, um, you know, I, you know, um, yeah, I wasn't really expecting it, but yeah, it felt really good.
0: Oh, well, good. One more quick question before we take a break for a commercial, looking back on it now, how how's your thoughts been now? I mean, did it feel really what we call surreal at the time? Like you just couldn't believe it happened?
3: I didn't really look back on how I did it, it actually sunk in pretty fast, um, you know, uh, winning the tournament, maybe for a couple, you know, hours, um, I was a little bit of, you know, um, maybe I couldn't believe it, but, um, after, you know, receiving the trophy and, you know, talking to, you know, Rory and, um, a lot of, you know, um, People from USGA kind of sunk in and, you know, um, it, it really felt good that I won the tournament of that I dreamt. And, um, yeah, like I've never haven't really looked back on, you know, how I felt or, you know, looking back to how I played, you know, because maybe if I did, maybe I'll look back on the second day or third day when i played really good golf um but not really on the last day because i kind of screwed up on the first few holes
0: (laughs) but all's well that ends well
3: um but you know it's not how you start it's how you finish but
0: okay thank you Uh, we're going to take a short break for commercial and when we come back we're going to chat a little bit about uh both of your experiences at the Tokyo Olympics, and then we're going to chat a little bit about uh, women's professional golf in the Philippines and women's golf in general in the Philippines.
1: Built on a sleek titanium frame with a light yet strong carbon body and a precision weighting system, the new TR20 from Hanma, speed reframed.
4: Hi, my name is Maribel. I really enjoy playing golf, but. If you are like me, someone that is trying to improve their game, then you will want to check out the world of golf. Their website is www.worldofgolf.org. I can find interesting tips from skilled coaches and trainers on their site. I have also learned about preventing injuries. And I learned about improving my swing speed. But, the world of golf is much more than that. I can find LPGA Golf News and more. I can find golf travel tips. There are great interviews and great podcast shows. But, something else that I really like, is their e-commerce store. I can find golf apparel, fitness equipment for individuals, golf accessories, and more. And now, there is a special promotion for our friends in the Philippines. If you subscribe now to become a member of the world of golf, you can automatically receive a special discount on your e-store purchases. Not only do you receive notices about new stories, golf tips, golf travel ideas, and more, but you can get great golf apparel and accessories at good prices. So check out the site at www.worldofgolf.org. And remember, there is no cost to join. So do not wait. This special promotion is time limited.
0: We're back. Thank you for staying with us. Now. Yuka, uh, Bianca, let's chat a little bit about the Tokyo Olympics. Um, both of your times, first times playing in the Olympics. So how would you describe the experience of playing in the Olympic games and, uh, what, uh, what it meant to be, well, I'll leave the second question. I'll come back. So what was it like for the experience of playing in the Olympic games? Do you want to lead it off Bianca?
2: Sure. Um, obviously like the Olympics is, I feel like every athlete's dream of playing, but I think it's, it was like a different circumstance for me. I don't know about you, just because golf was only brought back in 2016. So obviously growing up, I was like, Oh, hopefully one day they bring it back. Cause you know, it'd be so cool. Cause you, know, I used to watch it on TV. Like I used to watch other sports and I was like, it must be so nice being able to play in the Olympics. So when they finally brought it back in 2016 I I was in college yeah I was in college I was like oh that's so cool I hope that one day I get to play and I didn't think it would come this soon but it was such a great experience I actually flew in a little bit earlier so I was there the week that the guys were playing so I just wanted to like watch a little bit of golf and just be able to watch these guys play up close I think that was such a pretty cool experience it's something that doesn't happen a lot of the time like you're you you're, you guys are like in the same clubhouse you're like up close and personal with these like PGA players so that was pretty cool but yeah like representing the Philippines and the Olympics you know something I've something I've once dreamt of was definitely one for the books like probably one of the highlights of my career I'd say It was kind of weird not having people around, but there were a lot of volunteers and they were all very like pleasant and it was fun to have at least like some people out there clapping for us, like on the first tee or just, you know, seeing them on some of the holes. So yeah, it was a really, really fun experience. Even it was like kind of hot up there.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, we've all heard that uh, it was unusually hot for Tokyo that time of the year. so.
2: I guess so. I thought I was going to be used to like humidity and heat just because growing up in the Philippines, you know, I've had all that. And then I get there and i was just like, why does it feel like it's so much hotter? <laughs> it was weird, but like, we got through the tournament. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I watched like three holes when the guys were playing and I just like walked back to the clubhouse because I was like dripping in sweat. And I was like, this never happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. And I was able to watch the players that I wanted to play. So I was like, Oh my goodness. Wow.
0: What were your thoughts about watching them?
2: I was starstruck, uh, like hardcore. So I was like watching Rory and I watched him hit a tee shot. And I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> he's like, I was like, he's right there. <laughs> Cause there was no one watching and we were allowed to, you know, walk the course. So, He was so close. And I was just like, I could watch a PGA tour and I would never be this close to any of the players. So I watched Rory. um, I watched Colin Morikawa. I'm like a huge fan ball striking. Amazing. Him making pars from like the, the rough in Japan, hands down. Like I was like low key fangirling over in Japan, kind of embarrassing to say whatever, but it is what it is. But yeah. You know, like what you mentioned earlier, I feel like it's a different ball game. It's a different kind of golf when you're watching these guys rip it like 300 yards. I'm like, How? <laughs> <330. laughs> <laughs> <And I'm 30. laughs> but it's, it's just really fun to watch. And like, obviously, you know what they show on TV, they're always like the good shots. And of course, like I came across some like not so great shots and that just, I, d- I wouldn't say that, like, it made me feel better, but it made me feel more normal. Like, you know, even the top players in the world make mistakes. Only difference is they can bounce back from the mistakes and they're able to generate pars and save them. So that's, like, one thing that I'm really, really working hard on. <laughs> so, yeah, learning experience. Tokyo was fun.
0: Did uh, did Rory recognize you?
2: Not me. Definitely Yuka. I was, like, there. I was... I was sitting outside the clubhouse, and I was just like, Yuka, Yuka, it's Rory, it's Rory, look! And then he was walking, because tournament got suspended, or they had to go back to the clubhouse because of the rain. And then when they were heading back, like, I think Yuka was like, good luck, Rory! And I was like, dang, they're like besties now. (laughs) It's like, must be nice. I did did have a selfie with Rory, so. Cool, cool. (laughs) <laughs> i forgot how to talk for like five seconds i was like excuse me rory i was like Shh, what was i gonna say what was i gonna say and then he was just like looking like is she gonna say something and i was like can i, uh, <laughs> can I have a selfie with you and he's like yeah sure I was, like, oh, he was like shaking I
0: was like ah. <laughs> so yuka you're uh yuka bianca says you're besties now with rory uh,
3: No, not but um when i watch rory on the Like I, I went there, um, early too. So I've watched Rory, um, the whole uh, four days. So, um, yeah, when I went out to watch him, he came on and said hi to to me. So it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, So kind of him.
0: What what was your experience uh, playing the Olympics? Was it, uh, well, let me ask you this both, uh, and you can lead Yuka. You both represented the Philippines at the Asian games. Uh, and Bianca, you did an additional year with the Southeast Asian Games. Um, how different was the Olympics? Was it a big difference um, for you in representing the Philippines and and competing? Uh, I guess it would be at the Olympics. I mean, it's the best of the best. So, uh, but what were your thoughts and on the experience, uh, Yuka? Um, I'm a little bit of diff-
3: I'm a little bit different from Bianca. Um, I wasn't really um watching Olympics growing up. Um, I was more into golf majors, like um yeah, Swim's Open, British Open, you know, PGA Championship and, you know, A and um yeah, everything else. Um so yeah, I, you know, I mean it wasn't really in my dream or goals to be playing olympics because I thought it was kind of impossible. Yeah, you because know, there was not no golf. Um, even when I, you know, um, watched the 2016 Olympics in Rio, um, I wasn't really, um, not, I, I was interested, but I was, I was not, um, very focused on uh, Olympics, but, you know, to be able to play and, you know, qualify for Olympics, um, you know, it was a very good experience and, you know, it was a lot of fun, you know, meeting a lot of, um, you know, players from other countries um, playing same course with the mens um, yeah definitely you know um, learned a lot and you know, a lot of things to work on
0: so what's your favorite experience from playing in the Tokyo Olympics
3: um I think playing or
2: um, seeing um, meeting Rory again <laughs> the second time around
0: (laughs) and how about you bianca any uh what was your favorite memory of the olympics
2: um favorite memory of the olympics meeting the guys um (laughs) seeing the guys on (laughs) like no i think it was just really cool being able to like be in the driving range hitting at the same time as like well I wouldn't say the same times but like when they were out that's when we could practice just so we wouldn't really occupy the space but it was just like a cool experience it's like you were in the same tournament like I don't I don't know how to explain it it's just like you, you guys are using like the same punting or in the same driving range and you're all just like in the ropes it was that was pretty cool but I mean obviously representing the Philippines is always a pleasure really such an honor you know to be able to do that not a lot of people are blessed with that opportunity, you know, playing for your country. I mean, I'm not just talking about the Olympics, but like, like, as you said, you know, Asian games, Southeast Asian games, it's just like, I don't know. You just carry a lot of pride for your country. And, you know, we hear this all the time, you know, we we play for something bigger than ourselves and it's, it was really just an amazing experience overall that, you know, you're, you're just always going to have that. You're, Uh, People always tell me this and they're like, oh, you're forever going to be an Olympian. I'm like, that's pretty cool to hear. (laughs) Like, I still haven't processed that, but yeah, it's obviously something I'll never forget, especially with that being my first.
0: Okay. Uh, Let's uh, switch gears a little bit here and let's focus on women's golf in the Philippines. I don't think it comes as a surprise to both of you that uh, you two are probably, along with Dottie, who's having a great season so far this year are, um, the most popular golfers in, uh, in the Philippines. And I'm getting a lot of feedback from friends I do have in the Philippines who are telling me that the amount of traffic on the golf courses has just skyrocketed in the last year to two years, just, uh, because of all the excitement, you know, Bianca last year at the KPMG <laughs> and then uh, following it up at Lake Reynolds and then Yuka, you kind of took it into the next level after, after, uh, Olympic club. I mean, they were just all going crazy in support and, uh. Um, people just running to the golf courses and booking up tee times. I have one friend who's told me that um, she used to be able to go to the golf course and she'd get a tee time just showing up. Now she has to book it weeks in advance (laughs) just to get a tee time. Why don't you, um, let me ask you this. What was it like, uh, Bianca, for you growing up in the Philippines playing golf? I mean, just how would you describe it?
2: It was hard, (laughs) especially like going to a regular school and trying to balance it out with golf. It was really tough, but at the same time, you know, I'm glad that I went through that experience just trying to manage my own time wisely or learning that at a young age, but it was really tough because growing up, I, I mean, it wasn't, I had friends involved, but like, obviously it wasn't like the most popular sport. So growing up, most of the people I played with were just boys my age or much older than me. I didn't really have a lot of girlfriends. So every time I like saw a new girl in my head, I'd be like, oh, I hope she like continues playing. So there's like (laughs) someone else I can talk to. But yeah, it was kind of hard just trying to balance everything out. I mean, looking at it now, there's just so much more opportunities. I think with, you know, the fact that we're trying to grow the game with you know how we're playing on tour trying to inspire younger girls i think it's nice that more people are picking up the sport um but yeah i think definitely looking back um golfers now have definitely more opportunities than what we had in the past which is great because obviously you want things to get better for the next generation of people that you know just want to play any kind of sport in general
0: right uh, how about you, uh, Yuka? Was it? Uh, what was your experience like growing up in the Philippines playing golf?
3: Um, for me, it was pretty easy um, compared to Bianca, I guess, because I didn't really go to school like regular school. I was homeschool um, my whole life, so um, basically, I just you know wake up, go to golf course, and then come back and study a little bit and then sleep like
2: repeat. (laughs) So (laughs) that was a schedule. (laughs) Eat sleep golf school repeat. (laughs)
3: Um, But yeah, um I think Philippine has, you know, um you know good golf courses for juniors to practice on. Um, you know, um compared to because I'm half compared to Japan, um I think they're more friendly to junior golfers and more supportive um, on the golf course. But um, I think we lack a little bit of support and, you know, um, for the amateur golfers to be able to play in, um you know, bigger tournaments and, you know, outside the countries, if we were able to do that and, you know, trying to go the game, I think, you know, Philippine obviously can produce, you know, um, more, lots of um, great players.
0: Yeah. You raise a very good point there, Yuka. I've, um, heard from some people, as we were mentioning, the, the interest in golf and, uh, the success that you had last year, Bianca, and your success this year, Yuka, um, kids are, are growing and going to the golf course and playing. And, and, uh, my friends are telling me they're seeing a lot more junior golfers out at the golf course. I mean, that must feel good for both of you that, uh, they're wanting to emulate, you know, all of you, um, you know, and Dottie too, because, you know, she's got her fans too playing on the LPGA and yeah. people are watching her play and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm getting a lot of comments saying how nice it is to see three, three Philippine flags on the scoreboards and the leaderboards. So um, mm-hmm. that's obviously got to feel pretty good and satisfying that the two of you are, are um, role models for a lot of the kids going to the golf courses.
3: Yeah, I I actually, um, you know, look up to Dottie a lot and obviously to Bianca as well, you know. They came to LPGA earlier than I did, and they have lots of experience. And, you know, um, for all the hard works, um, I think, like I said, if we had more support, you know, I think they, they could or, you know, we all could introduce the golf to more um, junior, junior kids in Philippines. And I think both of them are very, you know, great players. And like I said, I look up to them. So hopefully we can get that um, near in the future.
0: When you say some more support, are you thinking like financial support and coaching support to be able to develop junior golf programs in, in more parts of the Philippines and, or being able to support junior programs so that you can travel out of the country to play like a, like a national junior golf team or program?
3: Um, I think maybe more on junior programs you know trying to grow the juniors that's where we need to start um compared to you know other countries like um like korea or japan or china because um, i've been there many times the way they support the juniors or like how they support the tournaments it's really different so um hopefully you know you know we can help that up a little bit <laughs> you know, grow the game.
0: Right, right. Do you have any thoughts, Bianca, about how you'd like to see the game grow or what you think needs to be, um, or if it was your wish list, what you'd like to see addressed?
2: I mean, you could um a lot of the points that I was thinking of, definitely like support. And you can just see that, you know, other countries are able to do it. They're able to produce amazing junior golfers. Like they play phenomenal, phenomenal golf at a really young age. So you could just see how much support they get from, I guess, like their programs in their respective countries. And you can, you just know that they get a lot of support, especially because, you know, they get to play a lot of events. And I think that's like very important, especially as a junior golfer, you need the exposure, you need the experience, you know, th- that in general is a big deal. I mean, I can personally say that I didn't really. have a lot of experience growing up as a junior golfer. I didn't really play a whole lot of events. I mean, I wish I did, but, you know, if we had more support for probably like junior programs, because like what Yuka said, that's how you're, that's where we should start when these kids are young, but also make it like, you know, probably fun because you don't want kids getting burnt out at an early age. But yeah, overall, that's just pretty much like the thought that I have trying to grow the game. But comparing it to my, I'm not trying to make it sound like it was a long time ago, but my time, it's definitely a, a lot different than how it is now. I mean, it's much better, but of course you can probably still do some more work, you know, heading towards that direction of trying to produce um, right. great athletes.
0: And I think in the last decade or so, golf has become, has become known as, um, or requiring athletes as opposed to just golfers. I mean, breaking the old stereotypes that, Oh, you play golf. You're not an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you ever think someday, Bianca, that um, people would be looking up to you as a role model? Nope.
2: <laughs> Had to be straightforward. Nope. <laughs> How does it feel now? Um, just because I have, it's weird, but it's also like very, like I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Um, I appreciate the fact that there are people who look up to me. It's pretty surreal, kind of weird, because obviously, like. I had a hard time like seeing, trying to see my own talent for what it was, just because it took me a while to actually get better in the sport. Like, I was just mediocre growing up. I was like, okay, wasn't winning any events. I was like, I'm just going to be one of those. Like, okay, who knows if I'll make it out on tour. And then for some reason, something just switched and like I started playing better golf and I honestly couldn't believe it at first. I was like, I'm actually doing pretty good. Like, I'm excelling in what I do. Let's try to take it to the next level. So I think that's when it just started to, you know, push me. I, there was something about me being very competitive with myself that wanted to make me better. So the fact that there, that I get to inspire people just by doing what I enjoy doing is something very fulfilling and probably something I never really saw or I've never seen coming. So it's kind of weird. And they're like, oh, you're my idol. I'm <laughs> like, me? Thank you. <laughs> I still find it kind of awkward. I like don't know how to respond, but thank you. I really appreciate it. But you know, that's like having people who, when I find out that, you know, there are people who look up to me, it just makes me want to do better and be better, not just for myself, but you know, for right
0: everyone else around me. How about you, Yuka? Have you been back to the Philippines uh, at all this year since the U.S. Open?
2: No. Uh, like is my idol. <laughs> I've never
3: been really back to philippines um it's not easy to go back now because we have to do quarantine um so yeah
0: not really has anybody recognized you on the uh, in the united states
3: maybe junior kids maybe not
0: yeah well i know when you go back to the uh, philippines you're definitely going to have uh, a lot of attention
3: <laughs> yeah maybe
0: well i saw last i saw in june one of the golf courses there one of the Made an announcement that uh, they had awarded you an honorary lifetime membership at their course.
3: Oh, I see. Where's that? I'm, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah,
0: no, but you know, there's just that kind of stuff, and I know they're going to be excited when you do go back too. So
3: yeah, I'm pretty excited to go back, but at the same time, you know, um, I still have to pay attention to you know um, my health, and um, you know, hopefully, I can go back and you know um, thank all the people who have supported me and um, yeah, hopefully soon and see what's going on
0: there. Let's talk a little bit about sponsorship. Um, we've been talking about other things that can happen with regards to golf, uh, for junior programs and whatnot, but how important is the sponsorship, um, been for you in these past couple of years? I notice, you know, as an observer, I've noticed, uh, an increase, uh, ICTS, for example, now is a lot more prominent in terms of their sponsorship of, you know, yourselves, you Bianca. Um, and I think Dottie is on, uh, is showing some sponsorship from ICTS as well. I mean, that's a fairly new development in women's professional golf. Any thoughts about the importance of sponsorship and, and things, companies like ICTS stepping up to support, uh, women's golf. Okay. Um, um, I, I am very
3: thankful for ICTS. I, um, you know, they've been there since the beginning for me and you know um they also um have this um they also built this uh how do you say LPGT um professional golfer in the Philippines um to grow the game um to grow the golf in Philippines so yeah for all of the things they've done for me um I'm really grateful and for all the support um you know it's been unbelievable and yeah i can only you know
2: i'm just grateful that i have them on my side
0: great uh what about yourself bianca
2: i just think that ictsi has always been very supportive of women's golfers but yeah like what you said you know they're not just supporting us out here on the lpga but they also have the Philippine golf tour back home. So at least, you know, like she said, she, um, they're still trying to grow the game and making sure that, you know, golfers who were able to play on those events, you know, have the opportunity to just keep playing golf and do what they love. So like, like, like you said, like, she's very grateful. And so am I, I'm super grateful for their support. Um, I've partnered with them at the start of my pro career. And honestly, like some things would have been, wouldn't have been possible without their help. And I'm just truly grateful that, you know, I'm able to represent them out on tour and just really have a great support system in general, but a lot of things I wouldn't have been able to do without their support and everything. Right.
0: Well well said, well said you two. Are there any other sponsors that either the two of you would like to thank maybe, or, and I say sponsors as opposed to fans or, or family members. Is there any other sponsors that you'd like to acknowledge or Okay.
3: First um, um I'd like to thank my family. Um you know, they've been there too since the beginning like, you know, um I see TSI, but uh, um you know, without them I wouldn't be here. Um you know, especially my dad um has been supporting me since I started playing golf, so I'm very thankful um to my family and you now my other sponsors, um, Pre or, you know, the Japanese sword or rock paint, um, Hokoku, Mura, um, you know, they've been a great support, um, since the beginning of, you know, my pro career. So, um, yeah, thank you for all
0: the support. And how about you, Bianca?
2: Definitely the same. I feel like my family has played such a huge role in terms of my, um, Career and the success that I've experienced so far, and definitely wouldn't have gone this far without them. They're the ones who really believe in me and try to push me to believe in myself and just become better. So, I'm just I I wasn't the only one who had to, you know, give up and sacrifice a lot of things, but so did them. So, you know, I just obviously want to thank my mom, my dad, my dad who's always with me when I travel, personal driver, a guy who does my laundry, but but. Yeah, my dad does everything for me, which I'm super grateful for, just because I get to focus on golf and just do my own thing. And of course, my mom and my brother, and my sister back home in the Philippines. That you know, they're my team. My brother is my lawyer. My sister's my <laughs> financial advisor. So um, I'm just grateful that I have a good relationship with my family and that they're really able to help me pursue my my dreams. And of course, my friends back home that I can still keep in touch with, very understanding that I've had to miss a lot of things growing up, but they're still my friends and they're my other support group. <laughs> um my other sponsors, you know, I got ICTSI, Skyflakes, Smart, Desant, My Club's ping, that I've always played <laughs> my entire life, pretty much. Um yeah, just everything, foot joy, title. Trying to make sure I don't miss anything. But yeah, I'm just grateful for the support that I've received. I don't know, (laughs) but overall, you know, like I said earlier, I wouldn't be where I am without the help, the support that I get from my sponsors, my family and my friends. And I'm just really grateful that I have all that to back me up, especially on the tougher days that I have. So thank you, everyone. Right.
0: That's good. That's good. Let me ask you, I mean, we're nearing the end of our our program. So a couple more things I wouldn't mind chatting about with you. life on the tour and life on the LPGA. I mean, there. and I asked this of most of our guests. I mean, there's a big impression that, um, when they see you playing golf on TV, they think it's a fairly, you're, you're playing in these beautiful venues and you're playing in these great cities and things like that. And there's this belief that it's a very glamorous life and maybe to some degree it is. For sure, you get to travel places that you've never been before and see the world a bit. But um, am I fair to say that it's a, a roller coaster for you and that um, you go up and down and there's a lot of things to to deal with week in and week out and you you know things of that nature? I mean, is that a fair assessment, Bianca?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, just because we get to travel to a lot of places doesn't really mean we get to explore a whole lot. I'm just the type of person who just, oh, well, this is how I view things. Tournament weeks are for tournaments. Like when I travel, I guess like sometimes I feel like I should, you know, try to at least see one place that's not the golf course. But I just, I just can't get myself to do it. Cause in my head, I'm like, I'm here for work. And I mean, I shouldn't deprive myself of being able to, Go out and explore, but at the same time, it's just like I'm in the hotel, I'm in the golf course, I get back home and I'm tired. It's like I just want to kind of lay in bed and save my energy for the rest of the week. But yeah, there are definitely some things that people don't see behind what they see on TV, and it's easy for them to judge with what they see on like social media or whatsoever. So it's kind of hard on us athletes, I would say, sometimes. Like, it's all, it's not just like rainbows and butterflies and everything's perfect because we get to play in amazing courses, but there's just so much work that goes behind that. And it's just, there's just a lot of things that I could probably talk about, but I wouldn't (laughs) go on and on just because of um, how much I'd probably have to say. But there's just so many other things that people don't see. And it really takes a lot of like mental toughness to be able to you know go through everything especially with life on tour being on the road week after week like sometimes when you're out on the road you wish for like simple things like being able to eat off of a plate when all you get is takeout all the time I mean we get food at the clubhouse but for other meals it's just like having to decide what you want to eat when you don't have a kitchen in your hotel room or whatsoever you know some of those simple things you kind of have to worry about and I'm just like I shouldn't be thinking about this but it is what it is and life on the road is just, it just has a lot of up and downs. It is fun though, but yeah, a lot of up and downs.
0: (laughs) And uh, how about you Yuka? Um, What are your thoughts? And, and how do you cope with the highs and the lows of playing professional golf Yuka?
3: Um, You know, me being professional, um, my experience is like very very little. Um, So I've, like in japan it's pretty easy for the travel um everything is pretty near nearby so um not very um hard on that and um i'm a very um um indoor person so i don't really want to go out um after golf course i just want to go back to hotel or home and you know um sleep or rest um even in private life i don't really go out to, you know, um you know places or yeah, like shopping. I don't really do that. So um not nothing really changed for me. Um even I'm on the road. Um golf course, go back to hotel, rest and then repeat. <laughs> um but like Bianca said, maybe food is a little bit of um challenging um because someplace here in the United States I mean, I'm used to eating rice, um, cause that's our food in Asia and that's pretty much hard to find here in America. So, um, you know, not having rice for, you know, three weeks in a row or like a month, it's pretty tough. Um, but yeah, I'm getting kind of used to it and, um, you know, finding a good food. Um, and they LPGA and, you know, tournaments, they you know, give us a uh, very quality food. So, um, it's been great, but outside it's you know, like Bianca said, it's pretty not easy to, you know, find the food that you want to eat.
2: Can I just like add on to that? I guess like one way of, <clears throat> excuse me, handling, um, everything on tours, you need to like, at least try to find an outlet that's not golf related just so you don't go crazy. Cause that's literally what you do every day. If you're not competing, you're out practicing and you need to find something that'll help you take your mind off of things like maybe a book, a game, or if you like drawing or just something that's not related to the sport, that way it can kind of lessen the feeling of probably getting burnt out one day or just being upset with everything that you do. So that's like one thing that I, Learned, I guess, in the past year. I I, like you guys, I don't really have a whole lot of experience. This is like my rookie year on tour, but yeah, just having some sort of outlet that isn't completely just golf, (laughs) watch a movie or something. So,
0: yeah, right. Uh, let's say, for example, you're back in the Philippines or at the driving range, a young girl or a young boy comes up to you and tells you that they have a dream to play professional golf. Um, what advice would you give them? Yuka, do you want to start and then uh okay, or would you prefer Bianca start?
3: I can I can go Let's play golf <laughs> learn <laughs> yeah um no I'm just kidding. um probably um play lots of golf and you know um enjoy every you know moment enjoy the journey
0: right right okay good advice and how about you Bianca
2: I would just listen to the U.S. Open Champions advice (laughs) 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 Uh, same I'm kidding no but um I'd probably say that it's not gonna be easy, just so you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna scare them, obviously, but you know, your journey is definitely gonna, or you're gonna have to put in like a lot of sacrifice. So, you need to make sure that you really, that this is what you really want to do. But nothing is ever impossible. And if you put your mind and your heart into something that you really want or something that you really believe in, you can definitely achieve it, especially with like a great, I should probably. Make it simpler, because this is a junior golfer, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, <you laughs> yeah, I just thought about that. But um, yeah, if you have a great support system, a family that's right behind you, pushing you every step of the way, then you know that's gonna be a huge blessing. But overall, I think yeah, the most important part is that you enjoy everything that you're gonna go through. Cause you'll look back one day and you'll just kind of be like, Oh, you know, the memories are just going to kick back in and you'll remember all the good times that you have. And that's something that you'll probably want to remember when you're having a tough day at the office on the golf course. It's just make sure you have lots of great memories. Cause that's something that you're going to look back at and kind of help you, you know, get back on track and kind of remind you why you're doing what you're doing.
0: Great. Wonderful advice uh ladies i appreciate it um we could probably come up with a dozen more questions and topics to talk about but appreciate your time already and um we should draw this to a close so i will say uh thank you to both of you um salama paul and uh <laughs> <laughs> <I'm so good. laughs> yeah i
2: think those two were good better than how you said my last name <laughs> i'm
0: kidding uh, <laughs> i surprised you there yuka i actually speak japanese pretty good oh. i mean for for a visitor
2: <laughs> oh, thank you i just say like <laughs> i'm hungry
0: <laughs> um is there any uh special thank yous that you would like to to leave with somebody or anything like that uh start with you bianca
2: Yes, no. me up. um sure like well thank you for having me and yuka and just thinking about us as your um guests for your podcast really appreciate it i also want to thank yuka for adjusting <laughs> your time i'm sorry but yeah obviously thank you to you thank you to everyone who listens and supports your show um i think it's nice that there's a golf co- podcast that likes to guest us filipinos Slash Japanese, <laughs> but yeah, thank you to everyone listening, everyone supporting us. We really appreciate everything that you know, everything that you guys do for us. So, yeah, thanks, guys, my family and my friends, too.
0: <laughs> and how about you, Yuka?
2: Um,
3: actually, it's almost same. Um, thank you for having us. Um, it's been really fun, and of course, um, Isa, my caddy, and Kanlubang. Um, thank you for listening, and also. Julie ting um we haven't met but um thank you for listening and cheering us um from afar and obviously um to all the people who who's listening um thank you for listening to us and hopefully see you guys and you know hopefully on tour watching us
0: all right thank you uh wonderful thank you very much ladies for taking time out of your days to be with us uh and it's super appreciated and uh Best of luck in your future uh, upcoming activities. Uh, Yuka, I guess your next event will be playing the Pelican? Uh, Or are you going to Korea?
3: I'm going to Japan.
0: Oh, you are going to Japan?
3: Yes, I'm flying.
0: (laughs) Are you going to play the JLPGA? Yes. So you're going to play the Toto event?
3: Um, But that's not like sure, sure yet. We're, We're just thinking about it. Now.
0: Right. And how about you uh Bianca, your next event uh will be the qualifier for the Pelican?
2: Yes, sir. I'll probably try to find like warm-up events before heading into that and Q series. So, that's what I have in line.
0: Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you again uh ladies and uh, wonderful. Um and have a good couple of weeks and best wishes for you and uh for the holiday season that's fast approaching.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe. Thank you again
0: for having us. Yep. Stay safe. Bye-bye. And that ladies and gentlemen concludes our show for tonight. Thank you very, very much for listening with us and we'll see you again soon with another show. Take care. You
1: have been listening to our podcast show. We're talking golf produced by the world of golf. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, October 12th, 2021. If you have an idea for a future show, please send us an email to info at worldofgolf.org. Please include podcast show in the subject line. This show is the copyright of The World of Golf. Thank you for joining us.